Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello there, my beloved ones. It's Elaine Kalila beaming into you with yet another episode of the Red Podcast, calling all of my evolutionary, revolutionary sisters who are standing on the edges of the old world and the new world, midwifing through our own bodies, what it means to stand in exhilarated, embodied feminine leadership in all aspects of our lives. And so this week, I am excited to come to you in the depths of my own creative process and to share uh, with you something that has just come hot off the press. I've just been in the studio recording with Bamvox Studios and... Yeah, I just created a, a track that I wanted to share with you this week because it's super timely. As we are sitting in the vortex of the eclipse season, which is the deepest shedding and letting go season, Scorpio Taurus eclipses between the new and the full moon, and also right here in the parting of the veils at the Samhain, Wheel of the Year High Holy Day. The High Holy Days are really an opportunity for us to connect into the power points, like acupressure points on mother's skin, as it were. They are liminal zones. And the root of that word, liminal, limen, means the threshold. It's the threshold between one state and another state. When we enter into the liminal space, we enter into the space betwixt and between. I love that. The betwixt and the between, where we are neither who we were and we are neither who we are becoming, but we are in that glorious, malleable, flexible, open state where we are inviting in the new aspects of self, the new aspects of our own soul journey that are going to arise as we simultaneously let go of who we have been. You know, all of the great mythologies in the world that speak to this journey of birth, life, death, and rebirth are really talking about this capacity that we have to rebirth ourselves in this life, to awaken through our humanity, through our lifetime. And the high holy days on the Celtic wheel of the year that we follow within um, my work in the Priestess Presence Temple is really a blueprint. It's a blueprint for this incredible divine feminine journey that shows us 
how to shift form in this lifetime. In other words, it shows us that we are not simply born into this physical body, live a life, and then are dying at the end of our life in this linear fashion. But that with every cycle of the year, with every cycle of the moon, from new moon to full moon to new moon, with every cycle of the day, every cycle of our breath, we are in fact in a conscious opportunity to live and die and be reborn again in consciousness. And it is this blueprint that is at the very center of the divine feminine mysteries and has been my absolute fascination and some would say my obsession for the last, I don't know, 35 years of my life since I first kind of stumbled into this idea of Kairos time, of circular time. And I remember when it happened, I was studying in university in London and I was a double major in drama, theatre studies and anthropology. And I came across this word, shamanism, And at that time, this wasn't a popular concept in any kind of world that I moved in. Um, It was really quite archaic. And it was something that the, you know, anthropologists and also the performance theorists had been talking about. And um, there was an author by the name of Peter Schechner. I shall never forget him. It's amazing how we come across these kinds of books that change our lives, right? And it was all about the anthropology of performance, of theatre, of ritual. And I picked up this book and I remember reading the words and having my whole world explode apart. Um, like everything that he was speaking to about what the nature of theatre and ritual and ceremony really was and culturally what it played into in terms of being the source of all renewal of culture, the the ability for us to dream into a a new story for our communities, for our society, and how the nature of performance, of ritual, of theatre really is as a transformational tool that is a sacred technology, if you will, that helps us, that supports us, that informs us as to how to transform consciousness, how to grow in this soul's evolutionary journey. And in fact, all the great mythologies, all the great stories, epic theater productions, epic, you know, um, amazing movies are fashioned after this archetypal journey, what Joseph Campbell called the hero's journey, but what in the divine feminine mysteries we call the feminine journey, the heroine's journey, or the journey of Inanna and her descent into the underworld, the journey of life, death, and rebirth, this chironic time. And so I remember when I first read about this nature of performances and how they were you know, and the high holy days of the wheel of the year all over the world, people would gather to enact these ceremonies, to welcome the spring, to celebrate the summer, to um, mark the one, the dying ones, the ones that were passing, to 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 bed down in the winter time, to find the rebirth of the light. This storyline that's etched into our blood, breath, and bones is the divine feminine mysteries. Is that peace? of our her story that has gotten eclipsed by this 
time, this understanding of time that is to do with the chronos time, the linear time, the straightforward A to B to C to D time, the time that has us keep moving along a timeline from birth to death (laughs) and all the time markers that we're meant to hit. Instead of this expansive time, this time where we get to be in the understanding that time is not linear, time is radial. Time is something that's a construct that we have created and actually does not exist in the linear form, only in the construct that we have created it within. So what's all this got to do (laughs) with what I've been up to in the studio, one might ask? Well, it's all the key of this word, liminality. And if I go back to dear old Peter Schechner and his incredible work on the anthropology of performance and Victor Turner's work, who was also another anthropologist, and they talk about this liminal space and theater, drama, ritual, and ceremony exist in the liminal space. And the liminal space is that space that is flexible, that is the space of transmutation and transformation. It is the space where we are changed, where we enter in through a gateway, through the theater doors, through the ritual doors, through the temple doors, and we leave behind our everyday ordinary consciousness. And we enter into an altered state of consciousness where we are able to expand into the archetypal realm beyond the confines of who we have thought ourselves to be in the small self. And we're able to find our way into a wider, deeper, broader, more expressed version of who we are. And we leave behind the story of the small self And we find ourselves located in something that is richer and deeper and more to do with the mythic journey that we came here to express. This mythic journey being what is housed within each one of the archetypes. And in every system that we could look at in the world, there are usually between 21 to 23 major archetypes that play out within every culture. And these archetypes are like blueprints for our soul's journey here on this earth of the trials and the tribulations, of the gifts and skills that we are here to remember of our divinity, of our humanity and divinity together. And so my life has been richly richly informed by the world of the archetypes, right from when I was a very little kid, up through my university studies and this whole explosion of the world of healing and growth and transformation and theater and ritual that had led me on this very beautiful winding path to where I find myself now as someone who was a psychotherapist and a drama therapist and a performance artist and a director of theater, all the way through now to my world inside this priestessing, inside this ministry that specializes in creating ritual and ceremonial spaces and rites of passage for women to remember who they are through these divine feminine archetypes, through re-embodying 
our her story, our roots, if you will, of the stories that the feminine has held us in for aeons. And for the last three to four thousand years, those stories have been eclipsed. You know, when the mother God became surpassed by the father God and really pushed deep down into the underworld, we lost many of our stories of the soul's evolution through the embodiment of our humanity. And we became obsessed with this story of, you know, how we need to transcend being human in order to access our divinity. And so we are in a cultural renewal right now. And renewal doesn't always look very pretty, does it? Because what's real for me and for you probably is as we look out to the world that is literally being dismantled and the corruption and the, the place that, you know, we have landed in, in terms of the distortion and toxicity of the patriarchal system in inside of this this chronos time, this obsession with power, this obsession with domination, and all of the various different layers and levels that that has instituted within our culture in terms of supremacy and superiority and privilege and hierarchy and all these places where our our place in the world has become so distorted and the treatment of the feminine has been so diabolical, so dark, so repulsive, that we find ourselves at the end of an era where we're in a liminal zone, not just in terms of our daily structures or our moonly structures or even the wheel of the year, but in an epoch, the end of an era, the end of an epoch. And for those of us who are here being called back into the remembrance of the spiritual ministry of the feminine, of reinstating the feminine, we also feel that we've been called here at this time, right, as midwives of this process, this death and rebirth process, that the divine feminine, that our mysteries that's held within the Venus cycle and her journey to the underworld that was recapitulated in the stories of Inanna and her underworld journey to meet Ereshkigal that was then recapitulated inside the stories of Demeter and Persephone. And all of the divine feminine teachers and allies that have been relegated to the underworld. We think about the story of Lilith, or we think about the story of Eve, or we think about Medusa or Magdalene, how these strong and powerful archetypes of the divine feminine have been relegated, shamed, ostracized, pushed away into the underworld, misunderstood. The darkness has become something to be feared. And yet, it is in the dark that everything is renewed. It is in the dark and the fallow spaces of the earth that we rest, that we let go of what has been and we come toward what the next cycle will initiate within us as soul beings. And this circular time that's marked by the high holy days, so as we come through Samhain, we inhabit this world where the veils have become thin, and then we find ourselves moving toward winter solstice, where that star of light is reborn again in our hearts. 
there is this deep poetry, soul poetry that is held within the divine feminine mysteries that speaks to the language of the soul that dances in this rhythm of the birth, the life, the death, and the rebirth, and that intrinsically we know this. And yet when we come to work with it consciously, which is the embedded mystery of the divine feminine, that we bring our consciousness, we know that this is the cycle. And when we engage with it consciously to know when something is completing, to allow ourselves to actually let go of that which no longer serves. And this is the piece that, as a psychotherapist, for all those years that I was in private practice and worked within, you know, all kinds of different institutions, hospitals and um, drug rehabilitation centers and, you know, all these different places, interfacing with people at all different places on their journey. One thing became really clear to me, the major impediment to transformation was fear. And it was a fear that resulted in a holding on, in a gripping and a clinging to, trying to stay the same or trying to hold on to what was, even when what was didn't really exist anymore. And it was this fear of change, the fear of loss, the fear of having to go through um, a shift that would result in having to let go of a relationship or let go of an old identity or let go of a drug habit or let go of an addiction, let go of an abusive relationship, let go of some place in our lives where we were no longer in alignment. It was that nexus point. It was like a transitional place where people got stuck and it became really fascinated with this place where we get stuck where we know that we need to shift and change, but we somehow cling on even harder to what was. And so I've been <laughs> looking, searching, seeking, working, deepening on my own journey with this inquiry of how we can navigate from holding on so tightly to letting go and entering the liminality to allow something new to arise and this has been pretty much my life's work and it's my fascination come obsession. And what I have discovered is that we all need spaces and places. We all need to be held as we cross those thresholds. And that's what rites of passage were all about in the ancient world. You know, the rite of passage that helped us go from girlhood, maidenhood into motherhood or into crondom. You know, these rites of passage that help us move through great loss or through the arrival of a baby or the marriage or the divorce, help us go through the loss of a parent, that help us go through letting go of a part of self. We all need these ritual, ceremonial spaces and we need to be held by others who can guide us through that darkness when we're scared. I know in my own life that's really, really true. Is there are those who I lean into when I'm really needing the support? I remember when my mom passed 
And the morning that she passed, I was here in the United States and she was in England. And about four o'clock in the morning, I sat bolt upright in bed. And I knew in that moment that she had passed. And literally, I think less than a minute later, my phone rang and it was my brother telling me that she had in fact just passed. And I remember the howl, this primal howl that came through me that shook the very core of my being, like some part of me had died because it had died. There's something very, very powerful on a deep DNA level when your mother passes. I really believe this and know this from my own experience, that she is so encoded into you and you into her, that when she passes, when her spirit leaves her body, uh, it also leaves your body. It also passes out of your body. And there is a death process that goes on within the one that is left alive. I remember calling on my circle of beloved priestess sisters here in my home and calling them to come to hold me. I remember sitting on the porch of my house. We had made an altar for my mom with her favorite flowers, bluebells and daffodils and a photograph of her. And I was tended to by this circle of women as I keened and literally went through a kundalini shaking and ripping apart of an old part of me that had been stuck in this relationship with my mother in the most painful of ways. And the only way, thing I can describe is, is it was like I was ripping some kind of system out of my own system. And as I keened, my sisters keened with me. And this practice of keening is an ancient practice of grieving, the wailing and the screaming and the crying and the rocking. And I went through a kundalini uprising. I wouldn't say awakening, but uprising in my body where the old skin of who I had been as my mother's daughter encased in that skin, stuck in that skin in some way in a relationship that was really painful, was shedding and letting go. And I was being birthed into a new form, but I was also dying and she was dying and passing between the veils. And it was the most extraordinary experience. I was completely altered and I had the great fortune of being held by these women who guided me through the dying and re being reborn process. And I know that in order for any of us to truly go through these kinds of processes in self, that, that we need to be held in the liminality that as we come apart, there needs to be a holding as we come back together. And so I'm going to share with you a track that I made in honor of Samhain this year, in honor of the ceremonies that we have been doing inside of Priestess Presence and the Temple. 
and also in honor of this divine feminine journey of life, death, and rebirth, and in honor of the 13 faces of the divine feminine that are our allies as we go through this process. You know, one of the things that I learned about 15 years ago when I first came across the 13 Moon Mystery School lineage, of which I am an ordained priestess and also focalizer, a lineage bearer. And it's the 13 Moon Mystery School um, that makes up the core of the work inside priestess presence and out into the mystery priestess initiate training. What I learned from that path that was so invaluable to me was I learned of these 13 faces of the divine feminine that hold this circular journey that guide us from the great mother's womb all the way through the queen of death's tomb to the alchemist that lives at the center that guides us through this journey of coming into being, of coming to the full ripeness of who we are, of blossoming, of ripening into the fruit and then releasing and letting go into the death. And that this cycle from birth through life to death and rebirth is one that these different faces, the 13 faces guide us in. They are allies. They are the way in which we can understand this journey they support us in the process of conscious living and dying. And I remember making sense of that and feeling like I had literally received the crown jewels. <laughs> like I was like, oh my goodness, all this stuff that I'd studied all my life from way back in the day when I first stepped onto that path of um, theater and anthropology and into the healing arts and into therapeutics and into drama and theater and social change and transformation and philosophy, you name it. Everything came together inside these teachings, inside these archetypes that were guiding the process. And I understood that the archetypes weren't these arcane, you know, fixed characters, but that they were living emissaries of spirit, that they were psychic organs, to use Jung's term, that they were alive within me, just as they are alive within you. And the more fully that I would step into each one of the archetypes as living through me, the more I would receive the medicine, receive the gifts that were inherent to that face of the goddess, from great mother through to the goddess of compassion through to the priestess, through to the creator, destroyer, preserver, through to the lady of communion, the muse, the goddess of love, the primal goddess, the initiator, the wise woman, the weaver dreamer, and the queen of death. And at the center of it all, the 13th face that is all faces, the alchemical goddess. And I learned and I remembered and I activated and I awakened that there was a way to consciously live, die, and be reborn in this life. And so I share this transmission with you to shed your skin and shine your light as an offering into what it is that needs to be completed within you, where you're standing in your life right now, what it is that is ready to die within you, 
and what it is that's ready to be revealed and come into a new form that is more radiant and more truthful and more honest to who you are now. And so I invite you to enjoy this extraordinary track recorded here at my home temple with Bambok Studios, my beloved, who is an incredible producer, composer, and um, enjoy. Too tight skin, at the too tight skin. Yeah. 
to this episode of the red podcast it's been an honor to have you here with us as red women we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution birthing new worlds into being through our bodies our hearts our minds and our beautiful presence if you would like to be in contact with me i love hearing from you you can find me on instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website elainekalila.com And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. Blessings.